the Bible Study Podcast, episode 535. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 2 Samuel 15. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Remember last week I was saying that David had this kind of halfway measures towards Absalom, neither quite forgiving him nor quite punishing him, and so he left him in between. I don't know if that's why the story happens that we read about this week, but it does make you wonder as we read about Absalom's conspiracy. In the course of time, Absalom provided himself with a chariot and horses and with 50 men to run ahead of him. He would get up early and stand by the side of the road leading to the city gate. Whenever anyone came with a complaint to be placed before the king for a decision, Absalom would call out to him, What town are you from? He would answer, Your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your claims are valid and proper, but there is no representative of the king to hear you. And Absalom would add, If only I were appointed judge in the land, then everyone who has a complaint or case would come to me, and I would see that they receive justice. Also, whenever anyone approached him to bow down before him, Absalom would reach out his hand and take hold of him and kiss him. Absalom behaved in this way toward all the Israelites who came to the king asking for justice, and so he stole the hearts of the people of Israel. At the end of four years, Absalom said to the king, Let me go to Hebron and fulfill a vow I made to the Lord. While your servant was living at Geshur in Aram, I made this vow. If the Lord takes me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. The king said to him, Go in peace. So he went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent secret messages throughout the tribes of Israel to say, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpets, then say, Absalom is king in Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem had accompanied Absalom. They had been invited as guests and went quite innocently, knowing nothing about the matter. While Absalom was offering sacrifices, he also sent for Ahithophel the Gilonite, David's counselor, to come from Gilo, his hometown. And so the conspiracy gained strength, and Absalom's following kept on increasing. So Absalom, remember the first time we discover him in this story, we get that his sister, his full sister, is raped by his half-brother, and the king doesn't do anything about it, so he takes his revenge and kills the brother, and then flees and eventually is brought back, but not fully reconciled with his father. And whether that bitterness has turned into this revolt or he is just that kind of person, we don't know. But we do know at this point he's rebelling against his father, King David, and he's doing it in a very subtle way, in a very patient way. He is basically campaigning for the office for four years here. With all of the people who are looking for justice, he is basically giving them the idea that if I were king, he doesn't say that, he says if I were judge in the land, but basically he's giving the idea, if I were king, you would have justice. That basically the only problem you've got is that I'm not king. And so he gets enough people to follow him that he proclaims himself king in Hebron. And it continues, a messenger came and told David, the hearts of the people of Israel are with Absalom. Then David said to all his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, Come, we must flee, 
or none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately, or he will move quickly to overtake us and bring ruin on us and put the city to the sword. The king's officials answered him, Your servants are ready to do whatever our Lord chooses. The king set out with his entire household following him, but he left ten concubines to take care of the palace. So the king set out with all the people following him, and they halted at the edge of the city. All his men marched past him, along with all the Carathites and Pelathites, and all the six hundred Gittites who had accompanied him from Gath marched before the king. Then the king said to Ittai the Gittite, Why should you come along with us? Go back and stay with King Absalom. You are a foreigner, an exile from your homeland. You came only yesterday, and today shall I make you wander about with us when I do not know where I am going. Go back and take your people with you. May the Lord show you kindness and faithfulness. But Ittai replied to the king, As surely as the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, wherever my lord the king may be, whether it means life or death, there will your servant be. David said to Ittai, Go ahead, march on. So Ittai the Gittite marched on with all his men and the families that were with him. The whole countryside wept aloud as all the people passed by. The king also crossed the Kidron Valley, and all the people moved on toward the wilderness. Zadok was there too, and all the Levites who were with him were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set down the Ark of God And Abiathar offered sacrifices until all the people had finished leaving the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Take the ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the Lord's eyes, he will bring me back and let me see it in his dwelling place again. But if he says, I am not pleased with you, then I am ready. Let him do to me whatever seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok the priest, Do you understand? Go back to the city with my blessing. Take your son Ahimaaz with you and also Abathar's son Jonathan. You and Abathar return with your two sons. I will wait at the fords in the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abiathar took the ark of God back to Jerusalem and stayed there. But David continued up the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered and he was barefoot. All the people with him covered their heads too and were weeping as they went up. Now David had been told, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. So David prayed, Lord, turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. When David arrived at the summit where the people used to worship God, Hushai the archite was there to meet him his robe torn and dust on his head. David said to him, If you go with me, you will be a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, Your majesty, I will be your servant. I was your father's servant in the past, but now I will be your servant. Then you can help me by frustrating Ahithophel's advice. Won't the priests Zadok and Abiathar be there with you? Tell them anything you hear in the king's presence. Their two sons, Ahamaz, son of Zadok, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, are there with them. Send them to me with anything you hear. So Hushai, David's confidant, arrived at Jerusalem as Absalom was entering the city. A couple of interesting things about this. One is, it's interesting, and I didn't talk about it in the first half here, how fickle the people are, in the sense that David has been a good king. He he has sinned against God with the whole thing with Bathsheba and Uriah. But in terms of how he has been for the rest of the people, it has been good for them. They've won victories all over the place. They, he's been a good governing king so far as we know, the, everything that we get so far. But 
their head is turned by Absalom. They are fickle to him. And it's interesting to see that in contrast to some of the people who are mentioned in this second half. So David is fleeing, and there are people who are going with him, for instance, some of whom are foreigners. And he's saying, you know, why are you going? Why don't you just go back? Because you haven't even been here this long. You you came only yesterday. Why come wandering about with me? And so you get Ittai the Gittite who says, I, I'm yours. Basically, whether it means life or death, I will be there the kind of faithfulness that he gets from some of the people with him, including some that he sends back to be counselors to Absalom. So we saw that Absalom was playing the long game here, that four years where he was building up the people's love for him and where he was planning, apparently, this revolt against his father. David is also going to play the long game here. And one of the things I like is I see David praying again, right? We haven't seen that in a couple chapters, and he's been making some mistakes. So I like the fact that here that as he's leaving, his prayer is that this advisor of his who is with Absalom, that he would advise foolishness. And so he's bringing God back into the equation in a way that I think he should have a couple chapters ago and maybe would would have got here. Certainly should have while he was on the roof and seeing Bathsheba, had a nice conversation with God about other things to do that afternoon, and all of this wouldn't have happened. But he's got his people in place. The conspiracy against Absalom has just started. And next week we'll see how that plays out. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.